The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right, this Saturday night, I got a sick show. Um, I have a guest in studio right now named Damon Wong. He's a lead singer from Set the Stun. So thank you for coming out. And I'm just actually surprised that we're here making this happen right now, just the way everything connected. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> but I mean, the Christian doesn't have the luxury of coincidence. Yes. Our steps are ordered. And so we're always shocked, but we shouldn't be. I mean, God is the great orchestrator of all of our movements. And so um, it's just wonderful to see those continual affirmations that we're walking in the path that he set before us. And so, You know, it's interesting is... Um, it's funny that you say that because, you know, I was listening to the study on the way up here and it was talking about the good shepherd mm-hmm. and how, you know, he has all the, the sheep in the, in, the, in, the, in the sheepfold, but then the good shepherd goes out to reach the one. And as I was coming up here to interview you today, I was, I was thinking about how, you know, you're a believer, you're in a band, you're out in the mainstream and you're touring with all these, uh, you know, mainstream artists and just um, out in the world, basically. And it's so easy for us as believers to get caught up in, um, just being in the sheepfold and being comfortable uh, within the, the church walls. And, and, and it's cool because you, you get to grow, you get discipled. This is what the church is, is built for, for us to grow in the faith and to know the word so we can actually live it out. But there's not many people that uh, act like the good shepherd and go out and try to reach people. And I got to get passed off your contact from, from Zach and I got to watch a couple interviews. And as I was watching your interview, the whole reason why this this conversation started is when I watched this interview and I just saw your heart kind of bleed through this, uh, this interview with some girl, I think it was in Nashville or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was asking you some random questions. Yeah. You're like, that was kind of random. But, <laughs> but as the conversation started, um, you could just see that um, how God is using you just to go out and you're not a rock star that is going out and trying to make fame for yourself. And you're using it as a platform to, um, build this this massive audience you're a believer in christ and god has given you this this path to lead the sheepfold to go out and let your light shine and you don't take it for granted yeah you know um it's not even something that i can uh claim credit for just like you opened us up in that prayer and mm-hmm. we recognize that it's god moving um you know my influence the influence that i've been allotted of god um i recognized it as an early at an early age that um i would I, I had this degree of influence with people and um, a means of speaking to them. But the truth is that I never had any power to wield, um, even to save myself, let alone. I, I can't claim any credit for it. Yeah. And truthfully, um, even when I was out there operating within the world, uh, in the band, um, as it continued to grow, um, it never gave me any peace, you know. Yeah. And so um, I can only truly say that I've been following after Christ for the last three or four years of my life, truly discipled. Um, as a youth, I was never raised with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a Catholic school for some degree of time, never felt any degree of like real um, relationship, mm-hmm. you know. I want to I want to jump on that a little bit because we have an hour okay. and you're going to speak a lot of truths about, you know, this walk with Christ. And there's a lot of people that are listening that are, in that place. Like if you look at, think about the, the amount of people that have grown up Catholic. My wife was Catholic. Mm-hmm. My dad was Catholic. I mean, I think half my friends are Catholic. Yeah. But there's never been a transformation or um, a relationship with Christ. But talking to those people right now that are that have grown up and they're younger mm-hmm. and they, they grew up in, in, in Catholicism, 
what did you experience while you were there um, in going to Catholic school? Um, burden, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, I felt that um, really this, it was just a, it was religiosity. You mm-hmm. know, it was a burden of religion rather than a relationship. Um, I saw Christ hanging on the cross, but I never saw the resurrected Christ, you know? Interesting, huh? And so that that was the difference when I first came to a Christian church when I was, um, uh, I don't know, 11 years old, my my neighbor took me, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was like, I saw that this congregation was alive. I saw that the minister was alive. Mm -hmm. And um, as a boy coming from a a household of alcoholism and, uh, you know, my parents were divorced and seeing all of that, I I wanted that life, you know? I wanted... Um, that and so um, plus there was no real firm grasp on the doctrine you know in terms of Catholicism I didn't understand any of it and it wasn't necessarily something that I was um, encouraged to understand Mm -hmm. rather I was just told to walk within the guidelines of this I've heard some people that that would go to Catholic Church and they say well when they go there because I ask students I'm like as we're in front of a lot of students, I ask them, the ones that go to the Catholic Church, I go, well, do you understand what's going on there? And they say, no, we just go in there and they they read these things, we go through these motions, mm-hmm. and then we leave, but we never understood the gospel or yeah. anything. It's just all uh, uh, practices. And then you have these idols like you were talking about in these churches, mm-hmm. and, and God says to make no idols. Mm-hmm. So you have these idols of this, this dead Jesus hanging on the cross that looks miserable, yeah. but there's no resurrection and there's no life. Yeah. So how how is that attractive? Yeah. Well, I mean, like if you if we get into Catholicism, I mean, it's riddled with um, w- with contradictions to what Christ actually calls us to. You know, mm-hmm. the word says that there is one God and one mediator mm-hmm. um, who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. Right. And instead, we're taught within the Catholic religion that Mary is an intercessor in that regard, that the saints are intercessors in that regard, um, and so we pray to these gods that are no gods. We pray to these idols. We light candles. It's all just this, um, it's it's closer to paganism than it is to Christianity, mm-hmm. you know? And um, yeah, so, you know, but also just to speak and to be, to be truthful, mm-hmm. you know, we have the same sort of uh, misalignment in terms of not understanding the doctrine, even within contemporary Christianity within America right now, you mm-hmm. know? Um, more often than not, when I come across people who were quote unquote raised within the faith, they don't know how to, like Peter says, um, sanctify the Lord God in your heart, be ready always to give an answer for the hope that is in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're taught a very, a very uh, simplistic Christianity. Um, they're not taught to count the cost. You know, Jesus says, count the cost. Nobody goes to war without counting his troops. Nobody builds a, a building without making sure that they have enough material. And instead, you know, y- your testimony is similar in this regard in that you were raised in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I read just a little bit of your book. That's the only way yeah. that I can, you know, yeah. I don't presume to know. But there was this wandering away, you know, and you, you know, and just to speak on what you opened us up with, Christianity, the body of Christ, the church, is a collective of the one out of 99. You know, we are all made of the one that yeah. have wandered. You yeah, know, exactly. Um, it is the good shepherd that has gone out and brought us back into the fold. And um, those who have been forgiven much have are grateful much. for much, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so um, and that's how he, that's how he builds the fold. And you know, what you were just talking about, how even with a Christianity today, I love that you said that, that people have not been taught to count the cost. Mm-hmm. Um, with me, I grew up in the church, but I ran from church because that's all I've ever known. 
So I was the opposite of you. Like all yeah. I've ever known was church, 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 church. Dude, go to church. God's good. <laughs> this, this, this. And I'm like, no, no. I want to know like what the forbidden fruit is. Like what's on the other side? Yeah. Well, why is it so bad out there? Mm-hmm. Why is Hollywood so bad? Why is going out to music festival, you know, whatever it is, that, that forbidden fruit. But with a lot of Christianity, you know, people call themselves, I'm a Christian because I'm an American. I, I grew up in America. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, of course I'm a Christian or I'm a Catholic or whatever. But what happens is, like you said, is people don't read the Bible so they never discover what God's voice sounds like, uh, these guidelines he has for us, this call he's called us to do, and the power that he will give us through the work of the Holy Spirit as we deny self. Mm-hmm. The relationship of Christ, as you know, it all comes down to going to the cross, <laughs> denying self, yeah. repenting, that, that, that word that people hate to hear, but repenting is the simplistic word for repenting is U-turn. Yeah. You just flip a U-turn in your life mm-hmm. and you run to Christ. And that's what the, the problem right now with, with, with Christianity in the world. And I love when I met you, again, you're a musician and you're, you're a man of the word and you know the scriptures. And that's, that's really rare to come by, actually. Um, a lot of creative people. Because you know why? You guys, everyone lives on the road. Mm-hmm. They're not plugged into a church, you know, to be able to get discipled. And it, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a process to really to have to dig in and, and take that faith for yourself. But the same way it goes with other people that are called themselves Christians, they don't really dig into the word. Yeah. I mean, we have, um, you know, we have, uh, here's the thing, like when I'm out on the road, um, you know, God built my church before I even knew it. Right. Yeah. And he gave me all this influence that I keep talking about. And, um, if you go into my lyricism, um, there's really nothing to do with Christianity in that. And mm-hmm. it's not the same thing that I'm even, I'm not proud to say, but I'm also not ashamed because yeah. you can look back on that album and you can see, this is a man who was out of his mind, yep. you know, with pain and suffering. And um, you talked about that interview. That interview was before I even knew the Lord, you know, oh, and cool. even then he had his hand on me, you know, and it's like we always have this high estimation of ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, that, at, at, you know, in our hearts, we're good, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, you know, he's made mistakes, but in his heart, he's a good person. And the scripture doesn't teach that. No, <laughs> says, the heart is deceitful <laughs> above all things and yeah. desperately wicked. Yeah. Who can know it, you know, and um when I first came to the Word, so when you're talking about, you know, you're a man who knows the Scripture, um, really it's because I had exhausted myself in every other regard for searching and and truth. And I had poured myself into, like we talked about on the phone, you know, yeah. philosophies and reading all of these high and learned uh, men, the wisdom of the world, you know, um, and none of it wielded any power, you know. And really I became haughty and proud in my own eyes, and I was too wise um, for my own good. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I first came to the Word, it cut me to the bone. It cut down every high estimation of myself. It ripped from me this imagination after my own heart, this God that I had created mm-hmm. in my own image. Right. Um, you know, um, and it left me bare. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he really had his hand heavy upon me and just crushed me. And uh, so I had nowhere else to go. I had nowhere else to run. And I'm so thankful that he did that because all I could turn to was him. And it wasn't just, you know... Um, it wasn't like a night and day kind of thing. It was, uh, you know, the, the scripture says the Lord chasteneth those he loves, you right. know, like a that good process. father. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he, he disciplines his his children, you know, it proves that you are the children of God. And um, now, during that, now during that time, though, when you were searching for, you were reading all these books and you became your own God in a sense with all this wisdom and knowledge. It's almost like in the scriptures with, with uh, Satan, you know, he got puffed up. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to be like the most high. And he ended up getting kicked out. So he wanted to be be the most knowledgeable. And um, when you when you gave your life to Christ, 
during that time you were actually dating your wife now and did you have kids at that time or like what was going on in the, in the home unit like with your home life as you were searching for God yeah well um I mean you talked about Satan and his pride and his being puffed up mm. in the garden when Adam you know when he mm. tempted Adam and Eve he said you know you will be like gods in your own eyes yeah. so that sin is deeply rooted within even the first fold of our you know yeah our first parents yeah and so it's no wonder now that we're in this uh, same predicament. But yeah, so my wife, who is now my wife, um, <clears throat> we were together for about eight years before I came to the Lord, maybe a little bit less. Yeah. We did have a daughter. She had a son when I first got with her. He was about a year old. So I've always been in his life. Um, we had a daughter a couple of years later. Our relationship was uh, just two broken people <laughs> thinking that our we were going to find salvation in the other, you yeah. know, thinking that we were going to be remedied somehow um, within this relationship. Um, and really, it just led to more and more of a, of a, a brokenness, uh, more of a self-pity, self-loathing sort of thing. It was a very violent relationship. Um, and so when God began to take a hold of my life, when I first came to his word, um, Jesus says, do not think that I came to bring peace, right? But I came to bring a sword, you know, mm -hmm. and I'll turn mother against uh, her daughter, father against, you know, the scripture. And yeah. so he also says the same account in the, in Luke's gospel. He says, think not that I came to bring peace, but division. Mm -hmm. And so that division of being reconciled to God, it's not something, you know, when you look at it through the natural man, through the context of our own reason, we think, well, that's not of God, right? Mm -hmm. The Psalms one says, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And so I remember hearing all throughout this division that was being caused, counsel of people who didn't know God, who weren't rooted in biblical precepts, and, and were advising me just after what they thought. And so it was like, that's not of God. God doesn't come into a family and divide it. God doesn't do this, and God doesn't do that. God's ways are so much higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our mm. thoughts. And what he had planned for me was far beyond anything that I could have comprehended and far beyond anything that... Um, I could have ever like devised of myself and so he did cause this division because there are only two kinds of people in the world those who are dead and trespasses and sins and those who have been reconciled unto God mm -hmm. through faith in Christ and so that division was not something necessarily that he came in to turn one against the other but rather having called me out of the kingdom of darkness bringing me into the kingdom of light into the kingdom of his dear son a division was a natural consequence mm -hmm. and so my my girlfriend at the time um, it was foreign to her you know she wanted nothing to do with it truly um she saw these changes in my in my nature and she didn't like those appetite. changes no no yeah no so um yeah <coughs> like what like okay so like what were some of the changes that she was getting uh, you know down? like okay firstly i'm i was straight edge for like the first 26 years of my life never took a drink nothing like that yeah. right had my first drink when i was 26 you know like i said i had alcoholism in my family so i've always i had always right. stayed away from it it always deterred me I came into a different uh, period of my life being a father myself, and I didn't want to um, ascribe to a certain belief simply because of, it was actually born out of disdain, right? It was born out of hatred. It was born out of an experience in that way. And so I thought, you know what, I, I don't want to hold on to this ideology anymore. Yeah. Um, and so then I, you know, would have like a drink and drink socially and stuff like that. And uh, so just... That was one of the things, you know, I didn't want to do those things anymore. You know, it's yeah. like, and it wasn't like I'm a Christian now, so I'm not going to do this. Um, really, it was, it was the new nature, you know, yeah, when the desire says, changed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Colossians chapter three says, put on your new nature, right? Mm -hmm. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And it was like, I didn't desire those things. And the things that I didn't desire before I, I it's aspired after, yeah. you know, and, and he really, 
uh, he says, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto myself, you know? And so I had come from this place of absolute darkness, you know, all throughout the Psalms, he says, I'm in a pit, right? You know, pull me up out of this pit. And he had raised me up from this pit and placed me on a rock. That rock was Christ. And he had become the light of the world to me. And he was the only light in, in, a, in a world that was fallen and crooked and perverse. And so it was like, he was exalted in my life. And I had nowhere else to turn but to him. And he was drawing me unto himself. And so you, you say like, well, those aren't bad things, right? Yeah. Why would your girlfriend not like if you drank or did this or right. that? Um, it was just, it, it wasn't necessarily something that I can even try to reason out. Yeah. It was just, you know what it really was? It was the spirit of Christ and the spirit of the world. You know? just, just at war with That's each other. That's it. They're yeah. at war with one another. They're yeah. in conflict. They yeah. cannot compromise. And so it was like my, my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, being in a place where she was being influenced by the world, where she was... Um, you know, not reconciled yet unto God, there was an animosity there, right? So, I mean, you and I can sit here and we say, we know that the Word of God is 100% accurate, 100% truth. And so to us, when we look at unbelievers, we say, how can you not agree with this, right? Yeah. But in Corinthians, it says, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit it. of God, right? Neither can they know them yeah. because they are spiritually discerned. It says they think that they are foolishness. Mm. Um, the message of the cross oh, is foolishness to them that are perishing. That's funny because I it's when I when I talk to people like because like the Christians will come up like, well, man, these guys, look at them, they're just they're, they're just in sin and they're sinners. I mean, can you believe they're doing this stuff? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like this is this is not bad for them to drop f bombs all the time or to watch like watch pornography all the time from like fourth grade and on. Like, guys, like you got to think like their 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 thought processes of the world. They don't mm -hmm. even understand the spiritual side. Mm -hmm. So how, from that point, what was the process of, like, did you guys split? Did you guys yeah, stay yeah. together? Because so, so, there's, there's a lot of people, there, there's people that are listening now that are in this situation. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you how many Christians and non-Christians are together, but yeah. light and darkness cannot coexist. Yeah, amen. Um, you know, be not unequally yoked. Exactly. Right? And there so, I mean, do we see all these precepts laid out for us yeah. by God, we can look back now and say, if only, if only, you know, yeah. um, even when he brings his people, Israel, into the new land, he says, don't let your sons marry their daughters. Don't let yep. your daughters marry their sons. You know, um, they will bring you down. Um, they will, you know, you cannot be yoked together with this. And so it's very crystal clear. God is not the author of confusion. We look at this word and we say, if you live by these standards all throughout the Proverbs, if you live this way, God will be with you, you know, and, and so now our lives we want to be quick to criticize. Well, it's not that crystal clear, right? There's a lot of gray area in my life and this and that. Well, that's because we have muddied it up so much with sin and our own decision making that now it's like this tangled ball of yarn that God is going to unwind. And so it's like that's exactly what was going on um, with me and my wife. And so it, it truly, uh, and, and just talking about Christianity, you know, Dude, I didn't know God by any other means other than in his word. That's so, amazing. So I didn't, you know, when I went to look for a church, I went to find a church. I felt more of a foreigner in church than I did in the world. You know, Jesus says, if the if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, right? Yeah. He says, if the world hates you, remember they hated me first. Right. So when I first read that, it was like all of my life, everything that I'd ever felt, it was right there. It was like... I was actually fashioned for a different world. I was a stranger, a pilgrim passing through, mm -hmm. and everything made sense. And so when I started looking to, to find a place in different churches, you know, I remember feeling so 
confused. And I was thinking, God, how come I don't feel at home in your home? You know, this is my father's house. Um, and really it was because there is this culture within Christianity mm -hmm. that is not necessarily biblical. Right. And so my, I knew God, the God of the word, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And so it was just like, I didn't understand how, you know, I always say that the church is it's the armory, right? You know, if uh, Ephesians 4.12, it says to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Right. So it's like, I always see church as that. It's the gathering of the saints. We've had enough of the world. We've been getting beat up all week, right? We've been waging war, and it's like we can come together. We can sharpen our swords together. We can be edified. We can be encouraged. We can be built up. And so to me, it was like I didn't understand how we could sit through 25, 30 minutes of a kind of watered-down service and then go gather in the foyer and start talking about football, you know, and start talking about this. Not that those things are wrong in themselves, mm -hmm. But I remember feeling just like, I want to talk about Christ, you know, like, I don't want to talk about these things. Yeah. I don't want to talk about what my other friends are talking about. Like, and so I remember just, just not knowing where I fit. And it's like, um, so, you know, uh, I knew that my Christianity, baptism to me was a burial, you know, it wasn't, it was a celebration, obviously, yeah. But to me, when I went to my baptism, I knew that I was going into the grave. Yeah. And I knew that when I came out of that water, it was going to be Christ living through me, and I was no longer my own. All of my ambitions, all of my desires, everything that I wanted, I was taking it to the altar, and I was saying, God, burn it up, you know? And, and that uh, sounds exactly with what I read in the Bible. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's, and so it's, that, that's, the, that's the true yeah. Christian walk. That's the real Christian walk. Yeah. And the call. Dude, you know, Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, right? Yet not I, but Christ liveth through me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That was real to me. I was alone, but I had Christ, and it was like I'd have enough. I've been suicidal since I was 13 years old. You know, it's like I've wanted to die, and now it's like now I want to live, but I want to live in him and him live in me. And so... I bring all this up to go back to my wife, right? Yeah, so I'm laying yeah. that foundation because mm -hmm. we had friends who were quote-unquote Christian, and I'm not questioning their salvation, right? Um, that's a different conversation. But what I am saying is that they were in the realm of secular thought. And right. so they were saying, you know, you're abandoning your family. You know, this is not what God would want. Um, you know, God would want you to stay, and, and you just need to stop pushing it on her. Not that I was pushing it on her, but that's the language that we use, yeah. right? You know? Um, but I knew. If my home wasn't built on the rock, it didn't matter. It wasn't going to matter. You know, it really wasn't. And um, I read in Revelation, all those whose names were not written in the Lamb's Book of Life were cast into the lake of fire that is the second death. And I remember thinking, like, I don't even care if she, if she ever wants to be with me again. I don't care if she ever loves me again. I want her name to be written in that Lamb's Book of Life. And um, sure enough, that division was, was kind of like it came to its fullest fruition, and uh, I moved out. I was away from my, my daughter, my son. I was away from her. Um, it was the most painful year of my life, and I spent it in pain and confusion. Um, I spent it, you know, um, being ridiculed, being criticized, um, you know, by every, every person by, in by my life. By Christians and non-Christians. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and, um, but dude, my hope, you know, when, God, so when it says that God is your refuge, when it says that he is your rock, he is your sword, he yeah. is your shield, he is your protector, your deliverer, your redeemer, all of these things, I mean, he is. And so it's like, my hope was in him. My hope was in him. 
God, if it be your will, and if you're willing, right, like the leper, if you be willing, <laughs> bring my family into the fold and build my home on the rock. So I, I have a question for you. Yeah. So during this time, because this is so interesting, like on paper, this doesn't make sense, what you're doing. Right? You're like, you're, you're leaving your family, you're leaving your kids, and you're separating. But at this time, you're, you're still plugged in, you're reading the word. Mm -hmm. God, that's God's voice. He's speaking to you. And we're led, as Christians, we're led by the Holy Spirit. So obviously, clearly, as I'm hearing this, and I know this is clearly the leading of the Holy Spirit, he's leading you and he's taking you on this journey. But through this storm, yes, there was anxiety or, you know, depression or just, mis you know, being away from your wife and kids. I couldn't even imagine that. You know, I could only I can only imagine how gnarly that would be. But in this storm, like, you know, that you knew that God was with you during this time. Mm -hmm. He was still speaking to you. Right. Mm -hmm. During these storms, he was still giving you that peace, even though things were all crazy around you. You just still had that peace of God with you through it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. which passes understanding. And, and that's how you know, just for the listeners, that's how you know that God is is leading you through these times. Mm -hmm. You know, because it, you you can enter these crazy, like, you know, in my book, uh, you know, that you you were reading, Living the Impossible, there was a story, obviously, where I was in this crazy storm. I felt like everything was falling apart, dude. Mm -hmm. People are coming against my, my wife-to-be. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just all this division and craziness, but yet... I just had peace yeah. in the store, but everyone was coming against us. The same thing. Yeah. And that's how you people, you might be listening right now and you might be in a storm and or you, God might be asking you to do something and they might just be saying, well, I don't think it's God. It doesn't make sense on paper. Yeah. No, God does wild stuff, mm -hmm. but the way you'll know is he'll give you that peace beyond all understanding. Yeah. He'll give you that peace as you move through that storm. Yeah, you know, the word says, uh, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, if we break that verse down just very quickly, firstly, it's a lamp unto my feet, you know? It exposes the thoughts and intents of the heart, it is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so firstly, it's going to be a lamp to my feet, and that's what it was, is that it showed me where I stood, you know? And I stood at enmity against God. I stood at war against God. I stood condemned. Jesus says those who don't believe are already condemned, right? You know, and that's where I stood. And so the word cut me to the bone and then it was a light to my path mm -hmm. and only after that point you know um and so it guided me it did and um you know like like we weren't married yeah we weren't married and so it's like like i talk about this gray area it's like we you know you mentioned be not unequally yoked right and we talk about first corinthians chapter seven all of those things that paul gives us as guidelines for marriage and it even says if the you know if the stay where God has called you to be, yeah. right? If the unbeliever wants to depart, let him depart. You know, you're not bound by God in this. And so there was a lot of sifting through. There was a lot of discernment that needed to be exercised. And uh, just to clarify, it wasn't like I packed my bags and said, I'm gone. Um, yeah. She actually didn't want me in the house, you know? And she was like, and dude, in her defense, she was just so confused. Yeah. She fell in love with this person and didn't understand what was happening. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> just to be clear, when you do give your life to God, <clears throat> There is a transformation yeah. and there is a whole new life that comes alive. So like, yeah, you're still the same person, but then your, um, your desires change. Yeah. So it, it is a big, it is a big difference mm -hmm. for, for someone that when they're, you marry someone or you get in a relationship with someone that's not a Christian yeah. and then they become a Christian, there's a serious transformation. If you're pr pl plugging in the word of God, mm -hmm. your life will start transforming radically. Yeah. So, yeah, I can only imagine there, there is some confusion and she doesn't want anything to do with God. So she's trying to figure out what the heck to do. 
Yeah. You know, and just to speak on that, because <clears throat> I, I keep forgetting that you and I aren't just having a conversation, but there's actually an audience listening, yeah. you know? So it's like, I'm like, now I'm reminded by that. But, you know, um, just to speak on that, Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, right? I will give you rest for your souls. And then immediately following, he says, take my yoke upon you, right? Learn of me. You know, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And so there is this immediate call to obedience. And so more often than not, I see within the contemporary folds of Christianity that people are complacent and they're content simply with salvation, you know? And I don't say that simply, but I mean, that is a magnificent miracle of God to take yeah. a dead man and resurrect him or give him new life. And But it's like, you're missing the point if you just see it okay now i'm not really going to hell so i'm good you know and it's like there's a reason that god says be not unequally yoked because it's like it is a continuous taking up your cross daily like you said dying to self and coming after the lord and so when he said take my yoke upon you learn of me um if i had put that bible down for even a moment um i would have been right back into my old nature and obviously there were times of that right there were times I'm going to hold because we're going to be going to break okay. in a minute, but this yeah. is good stuff. I knew this interview was going to be epic when, mm. when we, when we uh, had that first conversation, I have uh, Damian Wong in studio. He's the lead singer of set the stun. Um, we are booking tours with the whosoever's contact us. we got the kill the noise book out. It's a discipleship tool uh, to, uh, to build your faith, to help you guys grow, go to kill the and go to the whosoever's.com and book us. We are doing a U.S. mega tour. Uh, I think we're hitting like, Arkansas, Oregon, uh, Colorado, Florida, and North Dakota, and several others. So we'll talk to you guys in two minutes after the break. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Now back, back to The Ryan Reese Show. All right, we are back. I got Damian Wong in studio, the lead singer of Set to Stun. Man, this first half, dude, has been epic. Hmm. Thanks for coming on. I knew it was going to be sick. And uh, just right before the show, we were just talking about how you gave your life to Christ, and there was, all of a sudden there's this transformation going on. But you were living with your girl. Mm -hmm. um, you had a kid with her, and she had a previous kid. So there's this whole transformation going. This is a crazy, crazy scenario. But really, it's really not that crazy. And the amount of people that I talk to that are actually in this scenario. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's become the societal norm. <laughs> yes. You know, is uh, mixed families, um, you know, not even marriage, the precept or the, the institute of marriage, mm -hmm. not even being held in, in an honorable position anymore. Yep. But like I said, I just taught about this at my church um, last Sunday. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that has become the norm, right? Single moms, um, fathers out of the picture or, you know, back and forth. And so as we started going through these places of division, um, you know, just to speak on more of that, that I just thought of it, but you said, you know, you're living with your girl, that the, the idea of intimacy changed for me, you know, um, having sex with her, it just wasn't something that I could do anymore, you know? So when you talk about Why confusion, because I was convicted every single time I did, you know, it was like I knew that um, sex outside of marriage, it it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just like a legalistic thing. It really wasn't. But I recognized it and I saw it more in the light of what God saw it as. And so when I saw myself either um, giving into her pursuits mm -hmm. or or um, being led by my own flesh to satisfy my own desires. You know, you talk about it in your book very early on. You talk about, you know, objectifying women, being out, you dehumanize them, you despiritualize them, they become less of an actual 
being made in the image of God and more so just something that you can satisfy your lust. And so um, in both regards, I felt that this is, um, firstly, I'm sinning against nobody but God, right? And so it's like he was to me my everything, and it's like it didn't matter if everyone else in the world said that it was okay. I knew that my God had said that it wasn't. And then secondly, I saw it as a gross, um, I saw it as a... uh, a misappropriation and and not being responsible for the the spiritual aspect of my girlfriend and my wife i was i was sinning against her you know i was sinning against myself and so it was like i saw that this is a woman in bondage this is a woman who was the scripture says um, if our gospel be hid let it, it is hid to those that are lost you know in whom the god of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of christ should shine unto them and it was like this is a woman who is blind to the truth yep right and yet it's still okay. Just I'll just still use her for sex. <laughs> so yes, you know. So and, you're you're reading the scripture and you're seeing actually the way God set up this institution of 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 a relationship, yeah. and you know the truth. God's the Holy Spirit because He's in us and He works through us and He speaks to us, illuminates our mind and and convicts us. And then all of a sudden you're like, but wait, now I'm just going. I know the truth. Like the word of God says in James, it says, you know, when you read it, it's like a mirror. It shows you what's wrong with your life. You're seeing it, and then all of a sudden you're, you're going out and you're acting on it, and you're going against what it says. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something that is very, um, that's something that can definitely mess with your mind at that time because you know what is right. You know you shouldn't be doing this, and you know things need to be in order. And that's basically what was going on is you're just having this whole, uh, this, this conflict. Yeah. Yeah, it's Galatians 5, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the flesh and the spirit that mm-hmm. war with one another. You know, Always. you know the fruits of the flesh. Yeah. You know, you, you, and then Ephesians 2, he talks about, you know, you had, you walked according to the prince of the power of the air. You walked according to the course of this world. You know, you've had enough of fulfilling your own lusts and your own desires. But, of course, the same way we're talking about the contradiction between the spiritual man now and the natural man, my wife saw that as, am I not attractive to you anymore? You know, am I not pleasing to you? Um, is there, is there another woman? You know, she sees it in the natural context when I don't want to be intimate in this regard. Um, and so that's just, just to speak on more of the things at a deeper level, it was like, you know, but it was because of my love first for God and then next for her. Um, if they had you, if one had usurped the other and my love for her had superseded my love for God, um, then my, everything that I would have aspired after would have crumbled and fallen, you know, and fell apart. And so there's this division. Um, and then once I got all the criticisms about, you know, because she didn't want me living there, it's like, you're abandoning your family, you're this and that. Then there came a development within the conversation of out, outside counsel and people were saying and suggesting just because you have kids together doesn't mean you belong together, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're feeding into this this perpetual cycle that we're talking about of broken families. And I knew there are so many enemies to the family today i didn't want the testimony of my life to be um founded on on that as well or you know settle for it and i'm not saying that god doesn't do that right i'm not saying that there is a template that my life has suggested and now god will do this way but i i my heart broke for all of the single mothers that are out there my heart broke for them who didn't have you know um and this idea of feminism also this idea of a man being the high priest of his home you know, being loving his wife as Christ has loved the church, giving himself for, and not exampling that, um, exampling that firstly in his in his marriage with his wife, so that the kids see that, and then disciplining his children, the tenderness of the mother and the sternness of the father. They're cohesive, you know, and it's like 
that is how God has made it. And so it's, I've, I've seen these things ripple outward continuously, especially as traveling across the country and, and seeing the fruits thereof. And so I didn't want my family to just be another one of those statistics. So, but that's the counsel I'm getting, right? Right, right. You guys don't, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. I'm listening. Oh, you know, you guys don't belong together, right? Yeah. You, you guys just don't make it work. But you guys can be, you guys can keep it together for the kids. Just be respectful for the kids, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, she'll go and do her thing and I'll go and do my thing. Well, that mm-hmm. all makes sense if I'm still serving self, you know? Right. That actually yeah. is, that's a win-win for me because I don't have to be with this woman that I had kids with. I don't get along with her. I can go off and do my own thing. She can do her own thing. And then I can still say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a good father and, and you know. Again, it's not a criticism if you're in this position right now. It's not. It's just that I, the same way that I knew I had been crucified with Christ, I wanted to live by that example. And, and again, going back, all those whose name were not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So right, like, right. It all goes back to that. Dude, I, I love that woman. You know, I, I love her. I love her more now than you can even imagine. You know, we've been married for a year and a half now. We've been, it's the best year and a half of our life ever you know like we've been at such peace such joy we've never known a love like this we've never known anything like this and it and it came at such a great cost you know mm-hmm. um but it was worth it and it was like the scripture says lean not on your own understanding right but acknowledge god in all your ways and he will make straight your paths and it's like that is a critical aspect you know mm-hmm. of like you're talking about in this storm and god being there not to lean on my own understanding If you weren't now, if you would have been listening to all the people around you, like Mm -hmm. you were saying, there was all because you were even saying that there was people in the church that were given the you know secular viewpoint, and then there was the people that weren't Christians given that viewpoint. And if you were leaning on their understanding and just uh, going along what they were saying, you wouldn't even be in this situation. But you kept going back, and this goes for the listeners. It always goes back to the word. I mean, you guys been listening to this show for how long? We're always pointing to the word because if you lean not on your own understanding, your own understanding is everything that's coming in through media, TV, music, what you're reading, everything that's coming into your ears and your eyes. That's your own understanding, what you're understanding here. But what happens is if we lean not on that and we press into the word, God gives us, he's a lamp to our feet, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's literally, God has laid it out so simple <laughs> But you know what the problem is? We, and I'm, I'm, I'm no saint. We, me, we don't want to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow Jesus. Yeah. And that's why it's every single day we have to strive to pick up our cross, deny ourselves. And that could just be just opening the, the word of God and reading it. Mm-hmm. People can't even like do that connection. Yeah. And then they're like, dude, my life's a mess. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Things are going on. What, who am I supposed to marry? What's my career? What, you know, what the heck is life all about? Yeah. Bro, open up the book. Yeah. Lean not on your, on your own understanding and press into the word. Yeah. Okay, so we have 16 minutes left. All right. All right, so what happens at this point? So how did she even find God? Yeah, okay. well, that's... Um... <laughs> Yeah, so this whole time I thought that I was literally going crazy, man. Like, I'm telling you, I was in that valley of the shadow of death. I was in that darkness. I was in a room. I was renting a room for my drummer. I was by myself. You know, I was in the Word. I was working. I was whatever. But, um, yeah, dude, it was, it was, dude, but I was on my knees. I was weeping. I've never felt, like, closer to God than when I was completely stripped away. You know, he says, be ye holy, for I am holy. You know, there is an aspect of holiness and godly living, right? But at the root of that word is a separation, right? 
separates you. Uh, you are a peculiar people. I've called you out of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Romans 12, be not conformed to the, to, to the image of the world, right? But be ye renewed. You talked about repentance early on. That's what a repentance is. It's a renewal of the mind. It's a continual changing in attitude, that, that picking up of the cross. And so um, she, you know, here's in my mind. I'm going to put it out the way that I saw it first. In my mind, I thought that we were working on things. Every now and then, we, you know, we'd, I'd think that things were going to get better. They didn't, right? They fell apart. And every now and then, I saw that she would receive a certain degree of the word, uh, but really, it wasn't. Uh, it was on. It was on shallow soil, right? And I wouldn't even say that. I would say it was more on the footpath, and it was a pretense, right? It was mm-hmm. like I want him, so I'm going to do what it takes it. to kind of put on this facade yep. and get underneath there. And God was faithful and always exposed that, um, yeah, yeah. you know. And so my wife, the same way you ran. Same way I ran. Same way we've all had our ways. You know, the scripture says there's none righteous, no, not one, right? All have gone astray like sheep. We have all gone astray. You talk about the good shepherd. And so my wife, um, she did that same thing. She went off, you know. Um, She went out every night. You know, there were nights where I thought the kids were with her. I thought that they were, and they weren't. And she was out drinking, giving herself to other people. You know, there was a lot of hurt in that and I was totally blinded and I just didn't even see it in my mind that's like the last thing that I would have thought you know Um, but she went out and she was trying to fill this hole within her heart there is a thirst right Psalms 42 was like one of the very first things that I read and it says as a deer panteth after streams of water so my soul panteth after you O Lord and it was like there is this thirst within the human heart within the human soul that only God can satisfy and so now I thought my world was falling apart how much more so when her, when she didn't even have a rock to stand on, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she went in search of these things. And it um, wasn't until, I mean, dude, there, there's so much that I'm not going to be able to cover. But to, to sum it up, long story short, um, all those things came into the light. All those things came into the light, right? It was like somebody, had, it, she couldn't hide behind anything. There was no pride. I had no, learned the truth. And it was like she, it was Thanksgiving. We were together because we were with the kids. We had gotten into an argument. Everyone in the whole house was on me, right? I was the, I was, you know, I was the root of the issue. And there was somebody there who said, "Look, I can't watch this anymore." She called me aside. She said, "Like, where do you think she was last night?" And I was like, "Well, she was at home with the kids, you know." She's like, "You're a fool." She's like, "You're an idiot, you know." This whole year, I've been doing, I've been with her, I've been instigating it, I've been doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So all these things came into the light, and she left, went home, and decided she was going to kill herself. That was it. You know, it's like she's been exposed. She didn't find every time that she went and gave herself over to somebody, every time that she went out and drank. And so do you think that she felt any sort of satisfaction, satisfaction or gratification? She felt more empty than she did before. She went home weeping, you know, and it's like so now this man that she loves, right, her family, it's just like he'll never forgive me. I'm going to go home and I'm going to kill myself. And, uh, you know, if we had been married prior to um, she would have said, you're just staying with me because, you know, your God says not to divorce me or whatever the case. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it's like, 
And dude, in that moment, I, I was just, I was so filled with grace and love and forgiveness and goodness. And it was like, I, you know, it says there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I knew the verse, I knew the theological aspects of it, but I never fully experienced it until I looked on my wife in that moment after all that she had done. And I said, you to me are without blemish. You know, the way that I could see you and love you. And it's like, and that was the first time she ever experienced the goodness and the, and the mercy of God. And she put her hand to the plow and she never looked back. We were married two weeks later. And um, yeah, it's history ever since, you know? And uh, I'm not saying that, it, dude, it was incredible. It was undeniable, the goodness of God in that. And um, dude, our home, you know, we have a new daughter now. Yeah, t- tell us what, we got like <laughs> yeah, 10 minutes, so, so good. So I have, uh, we just had a baby in January. Her name is Jubilee. Um, truly, she lives up to her name. She's uh, just full of joy. She wakes up. I was just telling them. She wakes up in the morning and she's just smiling, you know. And yeah. it's like, uh, and this man, you know, and my children. Let me just comment on that too. They were present in this, you know. They were present in all of this. They saw our relationship before Christ came into it. They saw the fool that I was. They saw the fool that their mom was. They heard what everybody heard. They saw God have a hold on my life. They saw me weeping in prayer. They saw all of this. And then they saw everything come to pass, and they, there is without a doubt in their mind, it was God who reconciled our family, who brought us together. It is God who has done it. And so there is a great testimony in their life. And um, this is a daughter now who will never know separation, who will never know divorce, who will never know these things. Um, and it's just, it's incredible to me. It's such a blessing, truly. I mean, truly, children are a gift from God. And it's like, I'm going to raise my kids according to, to the word. Um, eventually they're going to have to come to the cross on their own, but I want to make sure that they fully understand it, you know? And what's the best way for, for parents that are listening now, what's, what's the best way to lead your kids to the cross? What's, what's the best way to be an example? Like, what do you, what do you have in place for, for them to, well, it's like you said, God gives it, he's very clear. You know what I mean? Um, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. It's a self-sacrificing love. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not contingent upon, uh, it's not conditional, you know, it's not based on merit. Yeah. Well, you know, she's been a she's been a jerk today, so it's like I, you know, I'm free from this. No, no, no. Yeah. In the face of that, you need to love your wife. Right. You need to serve your wife. And wives submit to your husbands, you know, as the as the head of the household. And that's not even to say that he is in a place where he he necessarily should be honored with that authority, but pray him into that place. Pray him into that position. Mm-hmm. Um and fathers, you know, don't grieve your children. Don't discourage them, mm-hmm. you know? Love them. Raise them up uh, with discipline and in fear of the Lord. Mothers, you know, showcase that. And so it's all within the word. Firstly, fulfilling the offices within the family, mm-hmm. right? Uh, a husband turns into a father. Mo- a wife turns into a mother. Children, be obedient to your parents. This is pleasing in the sight of the Lord. So there are all these things in the application aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but secondly, I would say, you know, it's not your pastor's responsibility to teach your kids the theological mm-hmm. Um, realities of the word. It's not you drop them off at Sunday school. And you've done <laughs> That's what people pop. think. Yeah. Fix my kids. You know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, I take them to church every Sunday, yeah. you know, and it's like, it's but no, yeah, it, it is, it is your responsibility, truly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you need to understand this and you need to get into it and you need to pray. And, you know, it says that Jesus says he's given us everything, you know, and not just doctrine, but he's given us a Holy Spirit that is the spirit of truth yeah. that will guide you into all truth. Mm-hmm. It says you have an unction of the Holy One, first John, right? You need it that no man teach you. And so it's like, you need to grasp the realities of this. The first piece to the armor of God is what? 
It's the belt of truth. Mm-hmm. It's, what, it's what cinches everything together. Mm-hmm. You need to stand on that truth, not your feelings. Your feelings are subject to change, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like... Quick. Yeah. Oh, right now I'm on the mount, right? But then I'm in the valley, and so yeah. now I'm lost, and I don't know what to do. Spiritual yo-yo. Yeah. And, and your feelings, and God is obviously, that's, you know, we're, we're human, and we experience those yeah. things, but it's truth that needs to gird your loins, and it's truth that you need to stand in and know, I may be feeling this way right now, but it doesn't change who God is. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, he says, be not, you know, tossed about to and fro like children, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, by every wind of doctrine. Paul mm-hmm. says that in Ephesians. And so it is the truth. We serve a God of truth. Truth is not a thing. He is a person. You know, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He, he, he says, depart from me. Um, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. You need to know him. You need to know him personally. You need to know him in his word. You need to know who he is. Um, it needs to be firstly consecrated and sanctified within your own heart exampled within your family and understood with a continual renewing of the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the your, way to raise your, your kids. Your kids have to, uh, well said, by the way, um, your kids have to, they have to see, they have to see you living it out. And I just want to encourage parents, you know, it's, I'm a parent, you're a parent, you know, life gets crazy, tosses, turns, storms, high, highs, lows. But the thing is you have to just, you just have to keep walking out your faith. You have to walk it out. You're going to make mistakes. You just got to ask for forgiveness. You know, some days you don't, you're not going to come home and want to treat your wife like gold. Or some days, you know, she's not going to want to treat you like gold because, you know, what? she's probably been with the kids all day long, yeah. you know, and, and she might be losing her mind. And you, it's, it's, it's something with parents that you have to navigate through every, every situation and, and um, ask God to like, you know, give you that, that, that peace and rest during those times and, and that clarity of how to, how to interact, you know, because, um, it gets it gets even more complicated with kids, you know, of, of the amount of kids and, and just the the ups and the downs and, and just like, you know, finances and resources. I mean, when you start looking around, especially with everything that's going on, even with COVID and everything, dude, so many people have lost their jobs. People are losing their house, their cars. They can't pay rent, no food. The, 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 the food lines are like crazy right now. You know, there's a, a people go through a lot of hard stuff is basically what I'm what I'm trying to say and this is why we need God to be a lamp to our feet we need to hear his voice we need we need him desperately and that truth that you're standing on that you're talking about is his word is God that's the truth that you're talking about I mean you aren't going to get it from the world lean not on your own understanding like we were talking about because all that stuff could lead you to depression anxiety suicide broken marriage drugs alcohol pornography, cheating, I mean, all the, all the crap of, the, of, the, of your sin life. Yeah. But a work of the Holy Spirit through the truth. God created these guidelines, you know, these commandments and these, these, um, the law in the Bible is to give us a good life. Mm-hmm. You know, don't covet. Basically, don't spend your life having coveting what everyone else has because that brings resentment and bitterness. Don't go, don't go hook up with someone else's wife. Don't kill. Like, do we have a problem with these things? No, these are all actually really good things. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. If you just love God with everything in your being, not saying that you're perfect, but if you just love him with everything in your being, God is faithful. He's going to come alongside you and he's going to, he's going to literally show you that life that, that you were created for. It's very simple, but it all comes down to that. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. If you literally try loving God with all your mind, all your heart, and all your soul, you will see a dramatic change in your life. I mean, you're, you're a testimony of that. 
Dude, amen. Um, and you know, it's important. I, I just want to follow up on that because it's like Jesus says, "Those if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, right? Yeah. So there's like love, faith, and works, right? right? James talks about it. He says, thou believest that there's one God, thou doest well. The demons also believe and tremble, right? And so it's like faith coupled with works. We, it must, it's, it's critical that it's not the reverse or it will become just as much of a burden as everything else in your life. It's not, I'm going to obtain a right favor with God by following these things, but rather it's the love of Christ that constraineth me. Um, you know, it's uh, in Hebrews, I know we don't have much time, but Hebrews chapter 11, right? It's like, by faith, this person did that. By faith, 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 faith. faith yeah. yeah, right? And it's like, Faith is, is not something that is necessarily blind. We walk by faith, not by sight. So it's like, it's in one regard, you can say that, but faith is the highest faculty of man. It is the means by which we understand the things of God. And so it's like, you have eyes to see, you have ears to hear, you have these things by which you possess the material world and the, and the, the natural realm. It is faith that takes you into the spiritual realm of God to understand these truths and following right after that is chapter 12 and so just just to piggyback on what you're yeah. saying chapter 12 he says seeing that we have so great a cloud of witnesses right you were talking about family you're talking about exampling it for your children um, your co-workers people that you are around you are salt and light and God has sent you out as an ambassador for Christ you know when an ambassador comes for, from Africa or and they're coming into America or, or vice versa they represent not their own opinions they represent not their own ideas they are there as a representative of that foreign entity of that sovereign nation and we need to ask ourselves are we living for the kingdom of this world or the kingdom of God are you an ambassador for Christ or are you still living for self and it says so seeing we have this great cloud of witnesses let us cast off every weight right and the sin that does so easily beset us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith and that's where it is it's just what you're talking about it's that's how you that's how you lead your children children that's how you live this life it is the love of christ you're saved by grace through faith you've done nothing to deserve it you know the song amazing grace it's like i heard that song a hundred times before didn't mean really anything yeah. now and now <laughs> yeah now you understand yeah. it is amazing grace i've done nothing to deserve this life that god has given me and that love is a powerful motivator so that you can actually fulfill these things. And it's, Jesus is the vine, you're the branch, you know? The branch doesn't struggle to bear fruit. Mm -hmm. He does so by the sap that is running through it. He does so by the strength of the vine. It's not the branch clinging to the vine necessarily, mm -hmm. though there is that aspect, but it is the mighty vine who holds the branch in place. And we need to look unto Jesus. You talked about the law. You talked about all these things that God is pointing us to, to live a good life. Every single word in this book points to one person, and that is Christ. He is the Word made flesh. And so when you're reading, you need to see that. You need to see him in every line of Scripture. And the law just points to the fact that we need Jesus as yeah. Savior because we can't do it without him. That's why we need that grace and that mercy. Mm -hmm. And that's the most beautiful thing about a relationship with, with Christ. Well, dude, this show was sick. Thank you for, for being on. I know a lot of people are going to be encouraged um, we'll have to get you back on another time, another place. Yeah. Maybe take some live calls or something. Sounds good. That's where the party gets started. You never know. It's like the Wild West up there sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. It's a privilege, truly. Yeah, um, dude. It was uh, it was awesome, man. Uh, where can people find out more about you? Um, I'm usually only on Instagram. Okay. Um, but, yeah, you can DM me through there. I'll get to it. For sure, I respond. All right. Damien Wong. And uh, that's your Instagram, too, as well? Uh, yeah, Instagram is Fearless Desperado. Okay, perfect. Yeah, but that's just 
my only real connection with the world now. Uh, that's you know? good. One connection. I got too many. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to disconnect. Yeah. Um, all right, you guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. I do want to plug the Kill the Noise book. It's out. Well, actually, it's out for pre-order. It comes out uh, May 11th. Um, it's it's a story of it's like a highlight reel when you go through Instagram and you're clicking through the highlight reel. It's a highlight reel of different situations in my life, showing the word of God pasted with stories that happen in my life to build your faith, to grow your faith. If you want to know who God is, if you're struggling out, if you're just empty, this is a tool that will get you on track to deny self, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus. Love you guys. Thank you. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show.